Hey y'all, welcome to the podcast where a group of friends do life together. We'll discuss it all from burpees to barbecue to baby wigs and everything in between, all while honoring the Lord and filling our lives with lots of laughs. Hey y'all, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad that you are joining us today. Um, Don't forget that if you don't follow us on Instagram, you can do that at heyyall underscore the podcast. You can also check out our website. We have a newsletter and a blog and um, all kinds of stuff over there that relates to the podcast as well as other stuff. Um, And we are still available on all major platforms. So if you have friends or family that want to listen, please share. I know some of y'all have done that and we are so very, very thankful. Um, So what's the yummies, y'all? Well, today, in honor of Bailey's birthday that just passed, we have beautiful, cute little pedophores from a local bakery here in Hattiesburg called Jody's. They're white, and they're lovely, and they have pink flowers because, of course, they have pink flowers. (laughs) Bailey. It's my favorite color. We love Jody's. We love <laughs> Established 1983, the year I was born. Oh, well, so that's, that's how I remember it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought you just Googled that or something. No, 40 years. That's why I always remember how old Jody's is because it was the same year I was born. Yeah. In there. So, yeah. It is so good. Okay. Well, that stood the test of time. Yes. It, yeah. Sure did. Okay. So, today we are talking about um, this concept of finding your fit, which is a concept that kind of came out of. Um, I guess it came out of 5220 mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, which is our gym, the gym that I coach at, and that's within our church. Um, we had shirts made just about finding our fit, and it became more than just finding your fit, like fitness-wise, but just finding your fit within your everyday life of where you're supposed to be, finding your group of people, and just finding your fit into, I guess, I guess life is what it yeah. kind of came into. Um, one of the verses that kind of started this off for me was 1 Timothy 4.8. It says, physical exercise has some value, but spiritual exercise is much more important, for it pro- promises a reward in both this life and the next. Um, and I think it's cool that Paul specifically acknowledges physical exercise and that it does have value, but obviously it does not overshadow the spiritual exercise that we um, should be doing every day with being in the Word and prayer and all of those things. Um but I, I just firmly believe that you cannot be your best self spiritually if you are not at least trying to be better physically and doing some things that make you just feel better um, day in and day out. So I think it's just such an impact um, on your life to physically find your fit spiritually and physically um, for sure. Both of them, I think, have so much value. And I think it's cool that, that Paul speaks to that um, in Timothy. So, And I think for Meg because she mentions this all the time but the whole idea of like your place in the body mm-hmm. and it being different and purposeful um and I think the we did several events that were kind of around mm-hmm. this and I have one of the shirts and um that idea of like yes finding where you fit in both being fit but also for someone like me who I'd never done a workout class at the time that this was becoming a thing. I had danced for years, but for some reason I didn't equate that to being working out. Um, and not feeling, I'd never felt comfortable. Like I was not going to walk in a gym. And then all of a sudden, you know, Meg's my friend and, you know, she rubs off on you. And um, I started, you know, doing this like whole health journey thing and going to a class and finding my fit. Mm-hmm. like. It, it was there, like what I was looking for and what I needed. And to me, that was kind of a aha moment yeah. for everything else. And your fit is so different than a size of clothing or yes. how you look. And I think that's something that I have just now started to <laughs> grasp. Um, because you, you know, everybody's body is just built so differently, and how your body responds to certain things yes. is built differently. But not exercising or whatever to to get to a certain size but just exercising because you feel better and then you feel better at work and you feel better when you go hang out with your friends and you feel better just throughout everything so just how important it is to find your fit in that not to shoot for a certain size or a certain look or to look like a certain instagram person or a filter or whatever it may be but just to really it's all about just feeling your best so that you can then you know find your fit in every other part of your life as your best self because um, you just do feel so much better 
even just I mean it didn't even you don't even have to do a burpee I mean just you know you don't have to pick up a weight just move exercise in some way walk whatever get you a dog that makes you walk <laughs> and um let her drag you around a neighborhood or something and um you just you just feel better so it's just about finding your fit in that um so you are able to be your best self your best version for sure and I like the idea of the intentionality behind that of it's okay like there's a reason that the gym offers you know 10,000 different types of classes because what works for one person is not necessarily going to be the fit for somebody else Mm -hmm. and that's okay and it doesn't have to be your fit doesn't have to look like somebody else and I think for a long time that was probably a you know kind of a hazard or whatever um for me for you know approaching it that way um, so I, I like that idea. Like, if you want to do a burpee, go do a burpee. Mm-hmm. If you want to do Zumba, do Zumba. Chair aerobics, walking your dog, whatever. And that will apply to everything else we talk about. Of like right. finding where you, your fit is not everybody else's. That's right. Zumba is not mine. <laughs> no, mine either. I tried I was, it. I tried it one time. It's hilarious. Not, yeah. <laughs> it's and I I know our gym has an incredible Zumba like group of ladies mm-hmm. and they kill it and I watch them and I think god that's so fun and it is fun but man it's humbling um like I get whatever move they're doing and then by the time I'm like yes I've got it they like move on Uh to the next thing so Zumba is not my fit either that's how I felt about pound I went Uh, one time and I left with injuries and I was like so not this (laughs) not my fit (laughs) okay so we're just going to kind of talk about Finding your fit and maybe how we have, how we're looking, we don't necessarily, I know y'all are going to be shocked, we don't necessarily have our whole lives figured out yet, Um, but within certain topics. And so the first one, and one that I think maybe is kind of hard to find your fit in sometimes, is work. Yes. Um, Whether that be figuring out where you really belong within that, how your specific uniqueness fits into that, you know, the boundaries within that. Um, so have you found your fit at work? Um, and if so, or in what ways are you finding it? Cause I know I have, I have a recent, like I just got a, a job at where I am now in October, um, in the graduate school of our local college. And it is the best place I have probably ever worked. Just the work culture is amazing. And I've come, I mean, like the position that I had before at the same university was a good one but just the office life was just not not ideal and in this one like they encourage you to like oh if this is a problem let's try to fix it Mm -hmm. or what do you think we can do to you know make this process more efficient versus well this is the way we've always done things so this is the way we're going to continue to do things and when you're you know it's it's just one of the best places ever so I can see I have grown so much confidence in what I know I know I have experience for you know for certain things for a reason and people appreciate and really encourage you to come up and find new ways to make things better and it's just a wonderful breath of fresh air to have that that is good freedom and encouragement in the workplace good and i'm sure as a parent especially a single parent having a workplace that one doesn't drain you completely Mm -hmm. but also provides that freedom and wiggle room for when stuff you know needs to be moved about that like intentionally yes, they finding that very understand deal. that you know you're a mom first yeah. and you know if somebody's sick or as holly one day i think i had been there at work for maybe a couple of weeks holly my youngest got hit in the face with a um cricket bat at school and i had to hear <laughs> so it wasn't like okay the world is ending because right. i have to leave the office like people right. understand and it's it's a, it's very nice and refreshing who you work with makes all the difference and I try to remember that when maybe my attitude is not being somebody I would like to work with. Um, yeah, that's, yay. I'm glad that that's such a, we know about this, but yeah. like hearing you, you know, really talk about that, that's a great thing. Well, thanks. Um, I think from a work perspective, I had to learn because obviously I'm a teacher. My mother was a teacher. And so I, I watched her and how she approached stuff. Um, I, if you know my background, I'm an alternate route teacher, meaning that I didn't plan on being a teacher. Um, so I didn't go through education at the time. I have a master's in education now, but I didn't originally go through that. I went through what they call boot camp. 
and it was literally three weeks of this is how you make a classroom function good luck um the no student teaching the first time that i taught a class was the day i stood in front of them as miss anglin and let me tell you that will you're either gonna make it my bad it's 10 30. forgive me <laughs> that's a running dear joke lord. just dear lord please um does anybody else set timers for prayers but anyways um nope so, <laughs> Actually, no. So, um, I have enough for everybody, don't worry. But, um, so I kind of came into this, like, position with, like, preconceived notions of, like, how my teachers did things, how I saw my mom do stuff. Also, how I was being told to do stuff. If you don't know about the world of education, lots of people enjoy telling us how to do stuff <laughs> that have never actually done it. And I'm such a rule follower that probably for the first about seven years of my teaching career i ran myself ragged trying to do absolutely everything on the list of stuff which a veteran teacher will tell you is not possible um because i thought i had to like i had not found my you know method and my fit and all of that within just my career my space and I had a situation where I decided I just couldn't do it anymore and I was going to find a new job and leave. And I went and interviewed and all this stuff and the Lord had other plans. But that was the moment I think I kind of decided, okay, I'm going to have to, if I'm doing this, if I'm going to be a teacher, I'm going to have to figure out how to do this in a way, do it my way. that does not kill me. And now I jokingly, my kids know, I listen to whatever is said. I read the email. I go to the... Um, you know the uh, professional development and then I go in my room and I close my door and I do what's best for my kids um, because ultimately I've been hired as a professional in theory um, so I should be able to <laughs> professionally do it and that has made all the difference in the world just knowing kind of what Brittany said of being knowing what I know like I am confident in my capability of what I'm teaching and how I teach it and I spent nearly a decade not being like that. And so finding kind of that comfort and freedom and being able to say, this is just a job. That's a huge thing. Cause for a long time I let it be my life. And that's not good. There we go. I think I'm maybe like a little bit more in between y'all. Um, so in my workplace, there's maybe like some like I work with all of these people, but I work in a, a large hospital. So there's like different groups of people, right? Like there's the nurses, the therapists, you know, and the position I'm in is kind of like a mid-level type thing. So a lot of the things I have to do are more management type, you know, and I have a very supportive like upper management. And then I'm in charge of kind of taking that and kind of bridging the gap between just the staff, you know, and that. Um, and so I think finding my fit, um, I feel like I've really kind of got a handle on it in the last like year, year, year and a half. Um, but it's still been within a really tough works workplace. Like, you know, Brittany talking about like how encouraging hers is and stuff like that. Um, I'm not everybody's favorite person because sometimes I have to say like, you know, hey, we've got to do this this way, you know, or whatever. And so sometimes I get put in a tough spot. But when I found my fit, what I kind of realized is almost like Bailey saying, um, ultimately, like, I'm a professional and I just need to do it the way that, like, I am capable of doing it and, like, I'm good at doing it. Um, and so, you know, I'm not somebody for small talk at, like, we talked about on the Enneagram, like I am a little bit of a different person, you know, from that perspective. I watch a lot of stuff. I, um, I am very perceptive and stuff like that, but I may not just like chit chat and do a lot of small talk with you and stuff. So I really just kind of, you know, went back and looked and like, what, what can I bring to the team that I'm good at? Um, and like, I kind of realized that when my big boss or director, I, um, we kind of got in a tight spot and we had to like do a lot of data and pull a lot of stuff and like budgetary and staffing type stuff and I did it the way that I knew how like I had never done that before but she was like you got to figure this out you know and I did it the way that I knew how and that was spreadsheets 
Yeah. And like a lot of math and a lot of calculations. And so I just did it the way that, you know, like I felt confident in doing it and, you know, trusted my own knowledge and all of this like experience that I gained. And like two weeks later, we were on a conference call and um, I didn't really think a whole lot about it. Like I had to send all of it in, you know, and stuff. And I didn't really think a whole lot about it. But in that conference call, she just was like, came on and she kind of started the conference call with like, First of all, let's just lay it out here. Don't we all wish we had a Christy Hatton on our teams? And, like, just so you know, like, this is how, like, this is awesome, all this information she provided us. And at that moment, I kind of realized, like, hey, I may not be like everybody else. It may not be everybody's cup of tea, but, like, I'm doing the right thing for me, um, and like I'm getting recognized for that. And after that, like lots of people started, you know, like I, I kind of found confidence in do what you like, be confident in what you know and, and how you present yourself and things like that. And I mean, yes, I had some recognition from like different areas and stuff like that. Um, and so I, I felt like that kind of helped me find my fit. Mm-hmm. And I also realized in that that like, because of the position that I'm in and because maybe I get some, a um, little bit of backlash because I have to kind of say some rules like, hey, we have to do this and we have to meet these targets. And, and maybe that's the unpopular opinion to some people who don't, you know, want to work that hard or want to do that, you know, or whatever. Um, at the end of the day, like, I realized like I, my, or my happiness within my job and my career is not based on what everybody else is feeling. Like, do not let the environment set the tone for you. Now, whereas, like, sometimes in an office, like Brittany was saying, like, my environment and my office, like, really, you know, like, I feel like this is my fit, you know. I'm in a position that, and I have a personality that my fit is going to be different. It's going to be, like, personal satisfaction and not necessarily, like, this big group think you know thing like and so once I realized that like you know just because seven other people are not in their right spot or this is not the fit for them does not mean that this is not the fit for me you know um and so I don't know that sounds like bad it sounds like I'm in a really like bad spot I've had some uh, some like toxic stuff I work in healthcare. We just went through a pandemic. Like yeah, there right. is toxicity there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I've just kind of blossomed and and found my fit when I realized like to be confident in what I know and to like also be assertive in that. Mm-hmm. Like don't be scared to just because you like spreadsheets and you give all the data and stuff like that. I mean, now there are times where I'm like, hey, y'all didn't even know I was tracking these numbers, but I'm going to send it and then them be like, holy cow, like, we didn't realize, you know, this was, like, thanks for doing that, you know, like, things like that. So, um, I don't know, I feel, I feel fulfilled in spite of everybody else's toxicity and, and that, like and and at the end of the day like when I treat a patient too like I do all this you know administrative work but when I treat a patient and I mean just yesterday I have a spinal cord injury young guy who you know his life was fine and then it wasn't he can't move anything from his neck down and um the first day I mean it was like a wet noodle you know we kind of joked with him like you know sitting up on the side of the bed and then um went and saw him yesterday and he was like I don't want to do it like I'm gonna fail at this and I was like well I'll do a better job helping you succeed and I just kept putting it on me like I'll be stronger for you I'll like we're gonna put you in this position because I'll be able to help you more like at the end of the day we're gonna succeed and when we did it I mean I put more of myself into it to make sure he succeeded and kind of build that confidence but then he was also moving more muscles, and so we were able to do that. And like, just to see that type stuff, I mean, you have to remember, like, my job ultimately too um, is, like, kingdom perspective. I'm working for the Lord and not for this company, too. And so, learning to just pour myself into my patients, 
sometimes negates all the other options. I was going to say, that's kind of a throwback to our last episode of like, and Meg's word of the year, the perhaps this is the moment for which you've been created. Like, yes, you may have these skills that don't make sense to anybody else, but clearly they are needed and the Lord has put you there. Yeah. Oh, oh, Annie. Um, <laughs> um, so clearly there is, you know, a purpose. Like, right. And praise goodness that you are there. Right. Yeah. Because if you weren't there, the spreadsheets wouldn't be getting done and they need to be done. You yeah. Know? Well, and just remembering that, like, your purpose is your purpose. Right. It does not. Right. You don't always have to look around and be like, is everybody else's purpose, you know, yes. making them happy right. or fulfilled or whatever. Like, that doesn't negate that you're in the right spot. Right. You're using the strengths that yeah. you have that the Lord yeah. gave you yeah. for this time. Yeah. For you to make your job, you know, and make everybody else's better. Sorry, Annie's running around the table now to everybody. So, um, and Annie is not small. She's not. <laughs> hey, Darden. All right. Um, okay, Meg. What's the question? Work. <laughs> work. Fit Finding work. my fit at work. I I kind of yeah. I'm a teacher too, and um, then I coach classes on the side, but. I think finding my fit was similar to to Bailey's in teaching because, I mean, in education, there's all these next great big things, and it's like, oh, if you're not doing these things, then you're not a good teacher, and your your kids aren't going to learn, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so I had to just kind of realize, like, my strengths as a teacher, I did a lot of comparing myself to Mm -hmm. other teachers and being like, oh, my gosh, like, they do that so well. I'm that's just not who I am. But I had to take my strengths and my personality type and what I learned from being a student who sometimes struggled in school and like be comfortable with those things to, to make me a better teacher. And I think that I've grown into mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm the best teacher because I'm not, but I definitely do things in a very unconventional way. But they work for my class and they work for the type of students that I'm often given in my class (laughs) and um they work for me so I think I'm being the best teacher I can be when I use my strengths to be that instead of trying to be somebody else and teach in a way that somebody else does that makes me a weaker teacher so um I think I've had to I'm kind of like you they tell us all these things to do and I'm like sounds great I sign off on the paper and then I go back to my room and I do what's best for for me personally so that I can feel confident in what I'm teaching and how I'm teaching Um, and then for the coaching part of it just finding my fit I just had to realize that I'm I don't look like all the typical workout um, instructors but I I haven't been called to do that either I think I've um, been called just to really pour into people that you know fitness and skinny are not the same thing and that um you, you work out to to I know what I said earlier to be your best version of your best self and just to to feel your best and so that that's kind of what we're about in my classes so um I think I found my fit in that but in in both cases teaching and coaching I think it took me some time to get there I had to really work through some insecurities I had and that I still <laughs> struggle with and have um but I, I think I've been able to to work through and see progress in those which has made me a better coach and a better teacher so um but I think it's like what we said with you Christy that you have to know your strengths and know what you're good at and and be good and thankful for what the Lord has given you and then you have to use those things in every walk of your life to find your real fit and whatever it may be so and I think too like because Brittany you've kind of probably of all of us you kind of bounce like because you were like healthcare stuff yes. and then you bounce like to something completely different. yes and so I, I went I, I was a surgical tech that's what I went to school for and then I ended up teaching in the surgical tech program of the school that I went to and then went back to the field but when I went back to the field I had kids and it made it just very hard being a single mom doing you know the time because you know healthcare takes no holidays right and the busiest time for what I did which was oral surgery was when kids were out of school and I had kids so then I went into higher education just be honestly just because the timing was easier with kids 
And then even since I've been at USM, I've gone to, I've been in three different offices. Yeah. So I have bounced around a little bit. But I think like in that, like finding your fit, like sometimes like your fit in work is related to what season. Oh, 100%. You know, too. Like, whereas, I mean, us, we kind of are a little bit more established. I know Bailey, like education lines did something different, but um, I mean, and, and not being afraid to try that, like yeah. to realize that like, you have a higher purpose mm -hmm. in a different area of your life, so you have to be okay trying something different. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. once you realize, like, okay, I mean, this is what I went to school for. I was doing good. Like, clearly I'm at the top of my game, you know, for the surgical tech stuff. But I got these kids over here now that's, like, oh, a really kids. big deal. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so I've got to be willing to release maybe mm -hmm. something that I was like comfortable with to move to something right. else. Right, because they were, they were preschool age and like whenever we did, whenever I taught, I had to be at the hospitals with my students at like 6.30 oh, in the mornings and like they just don't quite open that early. Right. So we had to do all the making arrangements to get kids, it was just, it was a lot. Yeah. So, But you can still clearly mm -hmm in something that you didn't know that was coming down the pike, you'd made the decision out of the betterment mm -hmm. of your family, like you can still find your fit and oh, grow. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's better, I mean, this position's better than anything I've ever had. Yeah. 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 And so, just because something fits for one season, like, right. I feel like we're so afraid of like, almost, and maybe this is a personal thing, of being viewed as a failure if you move on to something else. Correct, yeah. When that's not true, like you're just, that was it for that season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're moving on to something else. And right. that's okay if that's where you're supposed to be and you know, yeah. your purpose. Um, anything else about work? Okay, these next two kind of go together because just of the functionality. Um, <laughs> yeah. Relationships, relationally, and then friendships. So, like, Finding your fit within your family, which I know can be complex. We are all blessed here, um, but finding your fit within that, within the friendships you have. We've talked about adult friendships um, in a previous episode, so please go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it. Um, whether it be, you know, romantic relationships, work, I mean, co-worker relationships, like there's just you are not going to fit in with everybody. And like, I remember the very first time, um, and I won't say who this person is because people will know, but in junior high, for the very first time, I had a teacher that I really did not like. She was very brash. And very, looking back now, it's just her personality. She was not, but she scared me. And I just, and that was the very first time. And I spent the whole year being so upset that I didn't just add absolutely love my teacher hold on y'all now part of this will be cut out that y'all won't hear um okay so how do you or where have you found maybe your fit within relationships obviously here are friendships i mean i think we've talked about and with our friendship episode we talked about the fact that you know, as you go along, you kind of learn that smaller numbers are probably better. Um, that, you know, you don't have to be friends with absolutely everybody you come across. Oh, yeah. um, and as you get older and busier, too, it's hard yeah. to pour into that when you have so much going on. Well, I think kind of like going back to work, you have to figure out kind of what you're good at and what you bring mm -hmm. to the table. And like your capacity for bringing that and so I mean the older you get and the to really truly find your your fit in a relationship of any type really you've got to know like you've got to really intentionally pour into it so if you don't know what you're good at or what you bring to the table you're probably not really gonna fit right ultimately in right. that group I mean to a certain extent I mean there's levels of fit like yeah, I can fit hang out for a while with them, but like at, at the end of the to really grow the you're relationship and all that, you have a genuine relationship. You, yeah, you've got to you've got to know yourself well enough to. And you have to allow grace for all of that too, right. because yeah. like people, as as we get older, things like life is busier. Whether it's certain times of the year, seasons of life. I know we say that a lot, but mm -hmm. it's true. And um, people that will give you grace as you can give them grace. Right. Yeah. 
Um, and I think within, like I said earlier, we're blessed. I know our family situations, um, all four of us. I know sometimes that can be a hard thing. And I know from watching relationally family situations, um, you're not obligated to be accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. I think is a good way to put it. And I think sometimes we feel that we have to, you can be respectful and you can be nice without opening yourself up to something that is not going to be a healthy situation. Um, and that can be hard, but that can also be ultimately for your, for your benefit. Um, and I think that's where sometimes having those uh, good Christian relationships that can kind of pour into you and give you wisdom um, in those scenarios. Um, I also think that sometimes finding your fit is along the lines of, and y'all may not have done, have y'all ever done like mentorship intentionally or unintentionally? No, um, um, no not really. Oh, mom, Thanks. does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Um, we did a uh, mentorship with the women's group years ago, and that was like an intentional mentor that kind of having somebody a generation above or two generations above being able to look and you know, kind of like help you along finding your fit. Um, but also those unintentional people that come into your lives that can, can pour that truth into you and help you find yourself, I think, because um, ultimately... That's kind of what we're talking about. Um, I think, too, like, you know, if you kind of tag it back to the verse that you read to start with, uh, you know, like, physical exercise is an uncomfortable thing, right? right? Like, it's not, you kind of have to push yourself. You right. kind of have to push some limits, you know, and things like that. So even in, like, relationships, I think you have to be, I mean, we've, we've talked about it, like, pushing your comfort zone. I mean, we say that a lot, too, and mm -hmm. it's like, so you, in relationships, you do have to get a little bit uncomfortable. Right. Think of it as exercise, you know, that get your heart rate up, get, your muscles are sore, you know, you're not stretched well enough, like all of that. Yeah. That's an uncomfortable time. So you, you've also got to have some some periods of discomfort, yeah. um, a healthy dose of it. Right. I mean, you're not trying to push yourself into like a traumatic experience or a painful right. experience. Um like none of us are going out to run, literally run an entire half marathon or a marathon yeah. today. But like we to, today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to exercise, you know, we we are gonna actually kind of push ourselves where we're right. our body actually feels the right. benefits of it. Um, and so I think you know, in relationships, you have to you have to choose some spots in your comfort zone that you're like, nah, okay, got to toe the line here, got to push out a little bit here, so that you can grow that, so that you can be intentional in growing all this. Yeah. Um, it's the, if you've ever watched um, Boy Meets World, it's the Mr. Feeny thing of where Topanga, he's using a, a flower pot as an example and basically like why Topanga should move to a big city. And his whole thing is that, you know, if the flower is left in the pot, it won't die, mm -hmm. but it's never going to grow. Yeah. And oh therefore God. it won't become what it could be. And I think, yeah, you're right sometimes. Sometimes we think because something is uncomfortable, it's not right. right. We want to stay where the comfortable is. But human nature, the comfortable is the known. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's dangerous. So, yeah. um, what about finding our fit within like service or philanthropy or wherever we are choosing to give? Um, a couple of years ago, I joined or was accepted into the, our local chapter, mm -hmm. the Junior Auxiliary here at Hasburg. And they do a lot of projects to help children and women that are in need. And there's a variety of projects. Mm -hmm. And they make us do like a skills assessment of like what you're good at yeah. and what you do bring to the table. Cool. So they know where to put you so you mm -hmm. can serve with a joyful heart. And it has been very fulfilling, since that's my word here, <laughs> yeah. to be involved in something like that and have like leadership roles in it and things like that. And, um, I... I didn't have a lot of service opportunities. I mean, I guess I could have, but I didn't know how to use any of that until I got affiliated with them, and it's been wonderful. Well, now I have a whole different view on J. Me too. Yeah, I, I didn't know that, that they did. Yeah, the 
I knew they did the service mm-hmm. part. Yeah, I knew the, the, yeah, the service part. And now too, they, yeah. um, like, you you can apply for it. So so the people who are applying to join it are actually wanting to be a part of it right. and do the service for the community and stuff. And they even have, because I was nervous about it first because I'm a working full-time single right. mom, don't be able to. And there's a lot of things that are after five or on weekends or even some that you can make your own schedule for. Wow. So you can do a lot of variety of things. So, yeah. I guess in my head, which this is not the right view of that, Mm -hmm. but I just kind of thought of it like, yes, service, I knew that, but more of like a social organization Mm -hmm. and like a status type thing, you know, in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's really cool just to know like how much that put, like even finding your fit. Mm -hmm. Like if people are, you know, are introverted and don't want to be in, you know, up up front for things there's there's places where they can serve and if there are people who are more mathematical and help with the taxes well they can they have wow. a place here to do this and if you were more of a decorator you can help with this kind of stuff and help with these art projects for these schools that don't have art programs and things like that so yeah. that is cool to like find your fit so you can joyfully serve and better. that's because that's, that's the purpose you know, yeah. like that is true that's like good, yeah. you do joyfully serve when you're doing something you you're yeah, good at you're good at it yeah I think I'm, I'm I'm not great at this one at all, and the reason is because um, probably because going back to I'm not really taking care of my body well enough, and when I say that I mean like I don't rest enough, mm-hmm. I overwork myself, mm-hmm. I you know like I have not created time right. and a healthy kind of life realm to be able to have the time to even joyfully serve, right. you know. Um, so I think like finding your fit in service, you, in that specific thing, you have to find your fit in lots of other areas first to mm-hmm. give you the capacity to, I mean, now I serve within like, you know, in work I try to be, yeah, right, right. have a servant's heart, right. and, you know, in family, right. in friendships and stuff like that, but you know, yeah. outside. I kind of have the, opposite problem that I'm trying to work so on. Say Bailey and I are the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> Serving in too much where you are no good. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of had during, kind of during COVID, right after COVID, where a lot of people had kind of stepped back from service positions, especially within the church. I know me and Meg kind of were asked to step into every service position that was available. Um, and it got to the point where I realized I was doing everything at 10%. Therefore, everything, one, my heart attitude was literally, oh, I have to go to church and help with it. Like, I, right. it was horrible. But it was because, one, that wasn't my fit. That was not something I should have been doing. I was doing it because I felt bad saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because I didn't have the capacity, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't give, you know, they always say give 110%. That is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> if you can give 100% every time, good for you. You yeah. have life figured out. But yeah. most of us don't. And so when you're taking away from your God-given purpose, that should be the majority of what you're giving. And just giving little breadcrumbs to everything else, that is, that's not God. No, that's not what and you're called to do. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I was going to say that exact same thing, that we sometimes, you can say yes too much, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing, like, I... I think all of us would say we get joy out of serving like we we like to serve but if it's just not a season where we have the capacity to give that then it takes the joy out of it and that's you know if you're not doing it with a joyful heart you're not doing it the right way so yeah that's just, yeah exactly so just finding you know like you said balance to be able mm-hmm. to do that and if you are unsure of where to give back um, because I personally believe, not in every season, because I know in some seasons you are the one that's going to be in need, but if you have never, especially as an adult, ever done something for someone outside yourself, I think you need to evaluate mm-hmm. your life. Um, but if you don't know where to start, because I know sometimes that's a hard thing, especially as an adult, look at things that are important to you. Um, I did Relay for Life for like 17, 18 years because everybody in my family seems to have some version of cancer and I had classmates who passed away from cancer and had friends who had had cancer so that was just something that was important to my heart um Meg and I sponsor a club for kids with disabilities because 
that's important to us, but that might not be your thing. Go to, you know, the nursing home. That is not normally my, my jam. Um, find something that is, I promise you, there is something relevant to you. Um, and I think personally, something where I really saw this concept of like finding a way that you can take something you love as important and kind of expand upon it is when I worked with um, several of the local Miss America prelims for the Miss Mississippi pageant. And all of those girls have to have a platform, which is something that they are working towards. And some of those girls I had the privilege of working with from when they first competed in, you know, junior high all the way up to when they are graduating from college, Miss Mississippi. And like some of them, this was their thing because their brother has this disorder. And this is their thing because they had a classmate that they saw struggle, like whatever the case may be. Um, they just really found a place that they could plug in and give back. And it doesn't have to be under some big organization or some big, you know, title. Like, you can just do it. You can just show love, give back the way you can. So, any other service thoughts? I was say, my sister-in-law sells Beauty Counter, and she does every year where she... Um, gives donations of like beauty counter stuff to like nurses or teachers or whatever and she does that within the you know circle of her business like it's within her business so it's not I mean it's extra for her to do but it's just a way that I mean you can do it I mean go to Target and put buggies back I mean there's yeah. lots of things that you could do um, that aren't like you said that take a whole lot of time that take a whole lot of your extra energy because if you don't have it to give right. then you don't have it to give but you can do little things to just serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus I think in, in different ways so. an encouraging note to people yeah. you know don't get encouraged a whole yeah. lot that can be the biggest right. deal mm -hmm. um, okay the last one which I think I, I put last because I thought it would be a little bit more broad especially within the context of our personalities is like your hobbies or your free time, like finding your fit within that. Um, so, who wants to start with their hobbies and free time? We've kind of talked before about like stuff we enjoy to do, being creative. Um, but yeah. Well, first you have to find free time. Right. <laughs> That's true. Did anybody like to guess what I'm struggling with right now? <laughs> I'm a workaholic. <laughs> Well, and I think there's intention, I think you've learned this because yeah. I've seen it, of, and this is hard for me too, this is a lesson I'm learning right now, rest is not a reward for something or something you only get if you're sick. Like, there comes a moment when you need it, and it may be mindlessly doing something that feeds your soul and nobody else will ever see, mm -hmm. yeah. but it facilitates recovery you know but I think you know the biggest thing is just like for me personally like to not be afraid to try mm -hmm. you know so like if there's something that looks appealing or that looks fun or that looks like that can create that rest or that joy or something for me like um, some of the things that I thought that I couldn't do or I wasn't good enough to attempt that you know or whatever um, have become some of my favorite hobbies or leisure time or whatever just because I finally decided like okay well this it's for you like you're not right. <laughs> this is not your career this is not your job you're like you, you're not feeding mm -hmm. feeding yourself you know via this or whatever right. you're like just just try it right. see what happens fail a little bit um, yeah. that's true we've talked about before social media has made us believe that you have to be yeah absolutely overwhelmingly amazing at everything you do and that is not true being absolutely terrible at some stuff can be a lot of fun <laughs> you know um i'm trying to think like hobbies wise sometimes and i'm sure med kind of has this issue too my hobbies overflow with service or my free time overflows and maybe that is a bit of a wake-up call that that isn't actually your free time or hobbies um, so but it's things I enjoy and sometimes that's hard when the things you enjoy 
also take a lot of energy and yeah, expense for me. And that, to me, is something I'm trying to balance, trying to learn. Um, I don't, I think, approach my hobbies as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I like being creative and making stuff and all that, but in the last whatever year, that's always been because I'm doing it for something else, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so that's a hard thing to... I, and you probably do this too, Bailey. I struggle feeling guilty mm-hmm. when I, like, rest. You oh, know yes. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, well, you could be doing this for somebody. or oh, and, and, like, just to sit and binge on Netflix and do mm-hmm. nothing, like, I sometimes find, like, I feel, like, guilty oh, doing yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And that is not I mean if that's what I need if I'm exhausted and I mentally need just to sit and mindlessly do something like you said like that's okay that's a recharge like a battery but I think sometimes finding your fit and being okay with how you need to relax like Mm -hmm. some people want to relax with other people some people want to relax with the tv off and like no noise whatsoever and like being okay with how you want to relax and um I guess your hobbies and all of that just I guess kind of owning those things and not feeling guilty about what you need to recharge yourself, if that makes sense. And expending that. Even if it's like, I mean, I kind of feel guilty, like money that's mm-hmm. associated with it. I have, and right now it's packed away, and I really need to dig through boxes and find it. But um, we did a project my junior year in high school in psychology that has at this point I just kept doing it and up until I pretty much packed up my house to move uh it it was like this journal there's just like a creative way to reflect on stuff and so some people wrote some people drew I did everything from cutting stuff out of magazines that may look like I was sending a blackmail letter to somebody (laughs) to like stickers and drawings and painting and just kind of reflecting that time and it's like a timeline like I have all these journals now that are like a creative way to do it. And um, I started feeling, as I became more of an adult, I started feeling guilty that I was taking time and money for this thing that nobody would probably ever see um, that I felt wasn't, there wasn't purpose behind. But that's not true. Because because it didn't do something, I felt like there was no purpose behind mm-hmm. it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's not true because the purpose was it kept me sane. Right. <laughs> and it's a beautiful reflection of like like I'm okay journaling. Why am I not okay doing that? And so I don't know. And it brings, yeah. like brings you joy. Yeah. Like if that brings you joy, pull it back out. I kind of um, when I have done it when I have had hobbies like been able to say a hobby. <laughs> I like, like right now I can't even really tell you like what would your hobby be, Christy? You know, right? Um, but. When I have done it better, um, I kind of think of it like I'm learning how to do something that I'm going to get to enjoy in retirement. That's a good, you know, and so like because my career is unfortunately like the biggest part of me. Mm -hmm. And so when that ends one day, like will I transition well into that next season? You know, and and especially like looking at it as a single person, like if I continue to be single without children, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. into that retirement time, like that's all of a sudden, like I'm not going to have all that extra, Mm -hmm. you know, like to be able to, you know, do with somebody else. And so I will have to, find something productive and you know things like that so sometimes I kind of flip it on its head and I'm like here's practicing for your second career here like the one you get to enjoy that's true (laughs) you know and the one you get to like not have schedules around not have you know things around but um I think sometimes that that kind of helps me a little bit when your whole world is work or your whole world is this one thing Mm -hmm. what happens when that season changes like do you still have joy and fulfillment yeah. in those things yeah. um, that I've never thought about that that's true yeah. and I just kind of thought because I think a lot of us fill our times with you know the phone um, but yeah. I don't know what made me think of it but like okay when hurricane season comes and hits and there's no power and you're stuck with your family for a week what do you do to fill your day right. yeah that if you don't have an answer for that then you probably don't have a 
Right. Because <laughs> I think of like why I did during Hurricane Katrina versus like I, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I we figured. made up all kinds of recipes. Uh, yeah, you we know, did or too. Yeah. And like, and I do love to cook, but I do not do that at all right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. You know, like, but I loved, like, in that time specifically, like I loved mm-hmm. to, like, try new things and stuff like that. You know, so. And I think owning it—that's something else that I'm learning. My um counselor that I was talking to she made comment the other day oh you'll understand this as a writer and I laughed I was like I'm not a writer and she was like do you have a blog yes have you written a book yes she was like what is that and I was like huh but I think sometimes we have a hard time like claiming parts because once again we don't see it as being real which is why we're not willing to put forth or we're just we're just not wrecking like we feel like we haven't hit that perfection yes, right. mark yes whatever arbitrary yeah right level we have created mm-hmm. yeah for that exactly yeah. Yeah. i need to get a hobby please go to our website conversingcrafts.com there is a form you can send us hobby ideas yes we apparently are all all in need and also that. while you're doing that send hobby uh send recommendations on how to create boundaries around your work. yes. workplace please we will not be doing that episode anytime <laughs> no because we don't boundaries. know unless we have a special guest who can help yeah we'll find somebody get some mental health professional um okay all right so how was the fancy little cakes for the fanciest person in the group? <laughs> they were delish they were so good jody's always Jody slaps so according slaps. to our kids oh, yeah. jody's always like, slaps yeah. it means it's really good i heard um you know on the tv with some modern language uh that's fire yeah yeah the same yeah. Thing? yeah fire same thing. slaps yeah. Okay. it's it like eats. Fetch, yeah so okay, take fetch from Mean Girls and move it forward. Yeah. Like if somebody in your book makes a really good video, the other kids will be like, "Oh my gosh, that ate, that eats." So eats, okay. slaps, whatever. So it's just the fancy little she, cakes. The they they eat, they eat literally. They eat. They, they eat. eat. They're fire. They slap. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. you some Jodies. All the things. So old. Yeah. <laughs> we are old. I, know. I literally will Google stuff my students oh, say to make sure it's not drug or Yeah. <laughs> or I'm, like, up on the, I'm like, I about? text Bailey and I'm like, have you heard kids say this? What does this mean? She's like, I don't know. So we have reached that point. If you wonder, it apparently happens in your 30s. So. 40. Well, you've been having the problem not knowing for a while. True. True, true. <laughs> Okay. Thanks for tagging along. See y'all later. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.